The Local Youth Worker is a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. Since 1972, RYM has sought to reach and equip youth for Christ. And this podcast seeks to reach and equip those parents and youth workers who share that same desire. For more information on our student conferences, youth leader training, or resources, visit rym.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott, and I'm here with Michael Hall. Michael, how's it going? Hey, John. Uh, we'll have some other people joining us a bit later, but at the time of this recording, I have no idea who's going to be on here just yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, Michael, we've been talking about resources in this opening segment of the podcast. And I know it's always hard when I ask this question because it kind of puts people on the spot. And there's just so so much out there that you could point to. But what's a resource that's helpful for you in ministry right now? And it doesn't have to be specifically related to youth ministry. Yeah, I, I mean, off the top of my head, mainly just because uh, I've recently uh, reread through it, skimmed through it. I've read this book, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight, nine, ten times uh, over the years. Um, but we just went through it with our our uh, our church intern, kind of soft launch youth leader training cohort. Um, but Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by uh, you know, People in Need of Change, Helping People in Need of Change by Paul David Tripp. Uh, book's been around for a little over 20 years now. Um, and, uh, the material for it actually existed in some other, uh, some other resources before it was published in this way. And, um, you know, it's, it is a book that has been a blessing to me when I first went from seminary to my first kind of youth pastor job, the, the pastor at that church, um, left there about 18 months later and went to work with Paul David Tripp at CCEF to help working on this curriculum. So I was thrust into the principles of this. Uh, you know, what he does in this is he he emphasizes getting to the heart. Uh, everything is about the heart and what people's going, what's going on in people's hearts that's ruling them. Um, and it it's it definitely talks about kind of the some how to's about how to do personal ministry, but it's it's not written in a such a way that's how to's. It's really creating it's, it's seeing a very beautiful gospel saturated context, uh, Bible saturated context for ministry, um, you know, and we the. the Anyway, so it it's a book that I have told and shared a million times. I read it with all the cohorts, um, and it just refreshed me recently. Just looking through it as well is that you know he always says we have to apply the gospel and these biblical principles to ourselves before we can go serve another. The gospel always has comfort, but there's also a call involved. That's very hard uh, to do, but to do so wisely. Um, anyway, but Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul David Tripp is a is a ministry book. First one that kind of pops out of my head, mainly because I just looked at it recently, um, mm-hmm. and it's such a blessing. It's been such a helpful book for me, uh, literally for decades. Uh, so I definitely, if, if that's a new title for you, check it out, read it through. Paul David Tripp is an easy read in terms of he's just a good storyteller and lots of examples. Uh, but it's one that you'll want to, you'll hang on to and read and reread and think through for sure. And I'll just say now there are there are study guides for it. There's like a uh, a study guide called um, Helping People Change, I think is what the study guide is called. Uh, no, they actually renamed it Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. There's a study guide that has like DVDs and um, stuff you can do with a small group. It's just really good stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just, I'm a big fan of it. It's it's super helpful for lay leadership, for people in ministry, vocationally, whatever. So I'm kind of, 
I'll land the I'll land the plane there. <laughs> now I'm so glad you're bringing that one up. Um, that is, I mean, that easily goes in the category of a must own. Um, it, it I read it early in, in ministry as well, and it was so helpful. And people absolutely need to have that in their library. And let me also say too, I know a lot of parents tune into this podcast. Parents could pick that up and would definitely help. I mean, in in parenting, in so many ways, it's just about helping other people recognizing our own brokenness at the same time. So such a good book. Um, Michael, uh, we also are asking people a resource that's not related to ministry, but something that's a blessing to you. Um, what, what, what do you have? Well, I, uh, I do sip on a lot of books. I have a lot of books. Um, uh, I love books. Um, I, I, people walk into my office and say, man, have you read all these books? And I, I'll probably mess it up, but there's a saying, like, I've read a lot I've read some of all of them and all of some of them. Um, but in terms of a resource, it's a resource and it's it's connected to ministry, but it's not a it's not a how-to book. It's a book I've I read uh, a little while ago, um, but it's one that has it's it's lingered in my heart and my head a lot. Um I'm pretty sure it came out um maybe in 2021, but it's it's a book called A Burning in My Bones. It's the authorized biography of Eugene Peterson. Um it's written by a guy named Wynn Collier, who I was uh, blessed to have a chance to meet. Uh, he and his family used to live here in Charlottesville, but just a great guy. But, you know, Eugene Peterson was someone who I knew a little bit about. Um, and uh, but reading this was just uh, this. And, and I would just say a, a segue to resources that I like that have been blessing for me is just reading biographies in general, um, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, but just reading about people remembering that there are people living in God's world, people that have gifts that God's endowed to them, again, whether they're believers or not. Um, I just am really, uh, they're always refreshing and encouraging and helpful for me, uh, life-giving for me to read about other people. But this one in particular is really just, um, has been uh, very present. Um, uh, he was just such a a beautiful person with his flaws. And and uh, it's such a well-done biography when knew him, had great access to him and his wife. And um, wrote it really well. And also Wynn's a good writer. Uh, and if you're someone who struggles to read, um, it's also really good on, uh, on uh, audible or, or the audiobook version. It's, it's, uh, it's an enjoyable listen. Um, and I'd say the other thing that comes to my mind is just music. Um, you know, I, I'm no means a music nerd by any means, but I, I love music. It's kind of where I go when I need to focus, when I need to kind of just go into my thoughts, uh, whether I'm on walk in the neighborhood or almost always in the office when I'm, reading or working on something, I can turn on music and it just becomes kind of noise in the background. But, but the things that I do, I do really like, and I've enjoyed the music of Josh Garrels, Andy Gullihorn, Jill Phillips, um, Caroline Spence, Natalie Merchant, Adele. I mean, just Rachel Stevener. I mean, there's all these just, there's all these people that I've been just, my, my shuffle always hits all these people, but I think the common thread there is just, it's kind of well done. It's beautiful music, but but really, when it gets infused by truth and scripture, a lot of these people—not all of them, but a lot of the people—their their their music is is very uh, on point biblically. Um, you know, I know it's a, I know it's a it's a company throw, but I mean, RYM worship always gets into my throw as well. I loved, you know, a lot of times Joe and RYM worship music will really just hit me right where I need to 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 encourage me to to remind me of of truths of the scriptures of of who I am in God's sight, and just it's just a, I don't know, music's magical. It it, it does something. Um, it's very powerful. It can really soothe can help, help helps me focus. Um, and the last thing I just love, if I can, I love being outdoors. Um, um, and with the spring coming and, and around here, it's so beautiful to get up into the 
quote unquote mountains and get outdoors. I just love being outdoors. And um, uh, those are things that, you know, it's weird to call outdoors or music kind of a resource, but it is something that is there that does, does fuel me. It does fill me. It does encourage me. It does teach me, reminds me things. Uh, so those are kind of helpful liturgies for me that remind me of things that are true and good, um, especially when things are hard. Yeah. Absolutely. No, th- those are very helpful to point to. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of music and the outdoors, that kind of combination. I mean, we're hardwired um, to worship and music plays a part in that and being out in God's word world is, is a part of that as well. Um, Michael, thanks so much for sharing that. Appreciate it. You bet, John. I'm here with Tree and Chris. Guys, how's it going? Going good. It's going really well. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you guys as well. Um, we will be talking about a new Bible study entitled Fruit of the Spirit, uh, which Tree Triolo uh, wrote. Um, Tree, this is your second study you've written with All I Am, right? Yes, that's correct. I did the sanctification one. All right. Yeah. So this one just came out. I want to say we might have put it on the site in January, but um, go, going ahead and telling our listeners, you can go to our website, which is brand new. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to check that out. Shout out to Brent Corbin as he did a ton of work to get that up and running. But you can go to our website, go to our resources tab, and then you'll see Bible studies and you can find trees study sanctification as well as this fruit of the spirit and i think now um grace 101 is out as well and so that will be 11 total studies that are totally free for people to download and use and this new one fruit of the spirit we will talk about um in just a little bit but also just talk broadly about bible studies um and maybe just sharing all kinds of thoughts on um leading bible studies in youth ministry uh some tips and tricks that you guys have learned, um, maybe some stories too, uh, because I do want us to share some mistakes that we've made in Bible studies and teaching Bible studies, but any, any stories that come to mind for you guys of just anything related to Bible studies, it doesn't have to be a disaster Bible study. It could be, uh, it could be something just encouraging, but anything that comes to mind, Chris or tree, um, all right, so a number of years, I don't know, this is like 17, 18 years ago or whatever, the little church plant that I was a part of, uh, you know, didn't have a youth ministry. And so in um, talking to one of the elders who had a kid in the youth in that, in that, at that age, we were talking about it. And I was like, you know, I got I got extra time. I can I can do something. So it's like, let's start a Bible study. So I gather a lot of the parents around. There's maybe eight or nine of these, you know, and it's all boys in this youth age. Uh, I gather all the parents together at my house, this big whiteboard. We, we, you know, chart out the entire year of Bible studies. We talk about what we want to do. We decide we're just going to go through the whole Bible and just see what happens. Start in Genesis one. So the following Sunday night, we gather all of the youth together, um, which is about eight or nine of these, these boys that are ranging between maybe nine to 12 something years old. Um, so they, we gather them together in this small room and it's got this one long, you know, white, eight foot table in there with the chairs surrounded around it. Um, we had no budget for youth ministry. I mean, these, this is just like the heyday of learning in youth ministry. And so many of you out there have had this experience too. 
but you haven't had what's going to happen. I guarantee you. But um, <laughs> so I bring donuts and I buy two pizzas. Uh, the kids eat the pizzas and then uh, they begin to just inhale these donuts because we had a Krispy Kreme like right down the street from this church, which was an amazing blessing. Um, and so I'm like, all right, guys, grab your Bibles, pull up to the chair, pull, pull your chairs up to the table and let's 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 jump in the word. OK, and so I start to pray. And as I'm praying, I'd, I'd had one of the parents come in and slip in and turn the light switch off so that when we opened our eyes from praying it would be a totally dark room and i would jump into genesis one and i would read it read it just from the light of my my phone and uh and then when it's you know god says let there be light that one of the parents had put a candle on the center of that table and so i get to the part let there be light and i i light it with the candle uh, I start to talk about, you know, what's happening and asking questions about, okay, what are you seeing? What do you, you know, observation, interpretation, application kind of stuff. And as I do, this one kid gets up on the table, bends over hmm. and just lets a big old fart rip right on the candle. And I'm just like, like, what do you do in that scenario? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Closing prayer right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he has exercised the demons apparently from the pizza. And like, <laughs> so I just, I just start giggling. I cannot, and you can't return from that. There's no way you, you just, I don't care what size lasso you have. You cannot pull that back into the, into the range. Like you just can't do it. And I'm like, well, thanks guys for being here for our very first youth meeting. I just really appreciate you guys. And you know, we turned the lights on and I just like phased it out and we just all giggled. We went in the other room and played foosball. <laughs> and uh, I've never had that ever again. I've thankfully, you know, but that was like the classic first Bible study youth experience for me. All right. Well, for our listeners that are still with us and haven't figured uh, <laughs> <laughs> this out, um, Tree, when I was asking for stories, it did look like you were about to share something. Did you? <laughs> Did you have anything? Why do I ever go after anything Chris says is <laughs> beyond me. Uh, well, you know, while, while we're at it, why not? Uh, when I was uh, a college volunteer uh, at the church I was attending at, I was helping our youth pastor lead a group of ninth grade boys. And, and while there was no candle uh, lit in the room, in the middle of the study, there was one boy who just let one go. And, mm. you know, I, there's people are just going to stop listening after this. <laughs> <laughs> but this, is, this is middle school boys ministry, right? I, I've never, we've never, like, I've never had to, like, clear a room because of a fart before. Yeah. But we couldn't go back in. We literally <laughs> could go back in. It smelled so bad that we had to, we had to change rooms. Uh, yeah. And again, it just puts a kind of a, a, a bookend on the, the night and mm. pick up where you left, left off. Mm. Yeah. On a lighter note, I do have a more lighthearted uh, or lighthearted, uh, maybe a more serious answer. Uh, what, what church is that that boy a pastor in now? <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, just just on a 
we'll, we'll, we'll ship gears here. Uh, Thank did, you. Thanks, I thanks. did, I did make uh, the mistake of allowing our youth to pick which books they wanted to study. And man, they, they went hard in the paint and right away, <laughs> like immediately hands went up judges. They're like, <laughs> they're like, okay, great. And then they want to do revelation after that. I was like, okay, we're going to do Ruth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're do Ruth and Esther following that uh, just to kind of like cruise in, do something a little, a little easier. Uh, but they were great studies. They, they really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. They, had, yeah. they had good, tough questions about why, you know, people's limbs are getting cut off and sent all over creation, you know? Mm. Yeah, man. That, yeah, those are some some tough passages. But I mean, you know, jumping back to, to the stories you both opened up with at the beginning of this, I mean, sincerely, uh, people who are listening, parents or youth workers, things like that happen. I mean, every youth worker hearing this, but even I think of, you know, parents having any kind of like Bible study time in the home, there's going to be something like that that happens, some kind of distraction. There are times just to embrace the laughter and just kind of, you know, enjoy the moment and be like, yeah, this is funny. And we can kind of laugh at this um, and try to recover sometimes or, or not, you know, but anyway, that's just kind of part of life. And definitely, I can't remember which one of you said this, but I mean, that's middle school ministry. I mean, that is bound to happen. Uh, so for those who may be a little turned off by that, it's just, it's reality and uh, it's a part of it. Tree, it looks like you're about to say something. And to the youth workers that are listening, like when stuff like that happens, like it's so easy to just get mad, but like it's going to happen. So you mm-hmm. just got to learn to like roll with it. You, you don't just accept it every time. Like if, if it keeps happening, something's got to stop. Right. But yeah, but there, there are times where you can like, like John said, you can just laugh about it and then try to recover as best as you can and, and move on. Yeah. And to, to your point, I mean, it's, we all know that there are those students who intentionally do that all the time. And that's when it's kind of like, okay, look, we've got to address this. Yeah. That's when a conversation um, happens. Yep. But, but I totally did not think this conversation was going to go in this direction today, but Hey, it's, it's a part Sorry. of this ministry. No, look, <laughs> Chris, I'm, I'm glad you shared this story. Um, because it is, you know, it, it is just a part of Bible study that probably isn't discussed as much as it should be in youth ministry circles. Cause yeah, it's just a reality. Um, Let's let's shift a little bit to talk about your specific study, Fruit of the Spirit, but then also uh, we can get into some specifics of uh, helping lead a Bible study. Um, Tree, so Fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's a 12-week study, correct? Yes. I thought we could talk about maybe some of the structure, uh, but um, maybe begin with, I mean, what moved you to want to teach on this, to write about this, uh, start, start us off there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've been thinking about the fruit of the spirit a lot lately. Cause I, I've been trying to think about ways to teach godliness and holiness to our students. And there, there's really not more of a practical way to do that than looking at Galatians five. Um, and, uh, one of the, the sources that I used was, Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit by Christopher Wright. And in the introduction, he shares this prayer that John Stott prayed every year. And that really got me thinking. And the prayer goes, Heavenly Father, I pray that this day I may live in your presence and please you more and more. 
Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you'll fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, and I, the, the thing I really appreciate about the fruit of the Spirit is that you can you can look at those and you can get really self-righteous about them. Uh, you can look at them and you can be terrified because you feel like you're not good at any of them. Or you could look at them as a means in which God is trying to work on us. And that is kind of the heart behind why I wanted to do this study, because I, I look at this list and, you know, I've got two small children, so patience is not very high on my uh, mm -hmm. on my fruits of the spirit. Uh, but the Lord is working on that. The Lord is is growing me in that, and uh, I, don't know, I just think these are good road markers for us to to be able to look at and say, "It am I growing in this, or am I moving away from it? Like, do I have self control, or do I purposely choose not to have self control? Like, th these are good road markers for us to kind of see what godliness and holiness is like. Um, another resource I used was J.B. Fesco's The Fruit of the Spirit Is, and I really love the way that he kind of introduced it because sometimes we can view holiness like in the like in the narrative of the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Like we can view holiness as like, oh, well, they're not holy. Uh, and you, we put this mark on somebody else. Uh, but me, I've got it all together. I, 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 you know, I don't have it as bad as somebody else. So so I must be holier than them. That, that's just a, a bad way of viewing, viewing godliness. Um, we need to have a like a good, healthy, positive view of what godliness is and what it isn't. And uh, we just need to be mindful of how we live. God doesn't save us to, you know, sit back and do whatever we want. He, he saves us and draws us to himself. He's making us more like his son. So that that's kind of the heart behind why I wanted to do this. And you know, I had a lot of fun writing it. So. Well, yeah, th thank you for taking the time to write it. Thank you for sharing this resource with the broader kingdom. And I, I think I think you're right. Um, holiness is one of those topics that can just get some eye rolls from some people and can surely be communicated in a harsh uh, tone. And we have to be cautious in how um, we, we think about that personally in our own walk with the Lord. But then, especially as we're trying to communicate this to preteens and teenagers who can easily misunderstand um, some of this. And so, yeah, it's, but it's an important thing for the, for them to realize um, that, that yes, we should by God's grace be growing. And while we'll never, uh, you know, possess these fruits of the spirit in a perfect sense, uh, we should be growing in each one of them. And, you know, it's a way to just to, to look at our own life and to have assurance. Sometimes we can, you know, again, see this more negatively, but see this as, you know, this is a way we can look at our own heart. And and again, while we are not going to possess any of these perfectly, we can see, you know what, I can see the work of the spirit in my life and I can see these uh, fruits that he's, he's pointing to. And so it is a means of assurance as well for the believer. Uh, Chris, I'd, I'd love for you to jump in on this as well. I'm curious. How do you, how do you structure each one? Of, so this is a Bible. I haven't read it. So the, the, this is a Bible study for like, to be used like in a youth context, like a small group or like a weekly meet your kids on late start morning. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk about the applications that a youth pastor, youth leader could use or even families, because I mean, the, I've heard about it and what you're talking about. I'm like, this is maybe yeah. really 
my personal family and family worship time. Yeah. I mean, the, the and I said, I, I have the, the same little tagline in the introduction that I did in the sanctification study. I, when I wrote both of these, my intention was for this to be used in various contexts. So obviously it's geared towards youth because this is a, a youth ministry um, Bible study, but I mean, it can be used in a small group setting, uh, just a, like a tiny Bible study, or we even used it in our large group. Like I kind of tailored it and I made a few changes, but I kind of tailored it to, to teach to our large group um, two semesters ago. So it's got various, various applications. Uh, I think it could be used in, in various contexts. Uh, so I, I encourage people to check it out. Yeah. And just a word on that too, kind of giving our, our listeners uh, some may know this, but but as a reminder, uh, as we started putting together Bible studies and making those available for free, uh, I mean, one, we wanted to, to serve the local church, and so that's one way we're doing that. But we also reached out to Tasha Chapman, who's been on this podcast a number of times, and she serves, she's a professor at Covenant Seminary, and some of her classes are on curriculum development. And, you know, she says there's no such thing as a perfect curriculum, uh, that there are ways in which all of them are going to be modified. And so we've tried to have all of our studies uh, to be designed in a certain way where they could be used in a variety of contexts and people can take them. And I mean, just using this study, for example, I mean, the the major legwork is done. Uh, He has put a lot of effort, a lot of commentaries you just talked about, um, questions, things like that. But anyone can take this and, and modify it. And we do know there are many who use these in the home. Uh, Chris, as you're saying, using them for family discipleship or um, small groups or large groups. So these can be yeah, modified in a lot of different ways. So just want to encourage parents listening to this as well as youth workers, but then also throwing this out there too. I know um, some senior pastors who use this in adults in a school. I mean, all of this we're uh, talking about, we as adults need to be reminded of, and it can be slightly modified as well. Um, Tree, wh- why don't you talk about some of the structure of each chapter? I know you asked the same three questions, which I think is a great idea. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Apart from lesson one, 11, and 12, uh, the structure of all the lessons are relatively the same. And I, I try to do that just for consistency. And I was telling y'all pre-recording, I've tried to do this with our large group teaching as well, where I'm trying to ask the same questions throughout the entire semester, just so our, <clears throat> excuse me, our students can have kind of a, a paradigm for, for what we're studying. So the way that each lesson is structured. So once you get to lesson two, where we actually jump into the individual fruits. Uh, so I, the same questions are, what is it? Where does it come from? And how do we cultivate it? Uh, so for the, the first lesson, what is love? Where does love come from? And how do we cultivate love? Uh, and we're, we're kind of moving towards the application there. So we're, we're defining our terms. What is it? Uh, where does it come from? Like, is it does it come from us? Or does it come from God? Uh, and then how do we take what God has given us, that gift that he's given us, and how do we cultivate that and seek to help grow it uh, in our lives? So uh, I, I hope the structure uh, is found uh, to be helpful. Uh, it's been helpful for me, uh, just in my own ministry with my students, to be able to, again, just have that consistency. It's easy, especially easy if, if you have kids that are taking notes, like they don't have to say, what was the first main point again? Uh, you know, they, they've got it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's helpful. Um, I 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, repetitive and consistency like that, I mean, that you're talking about just helps students. I mean, week to week, they start thinking, I mean, they know what to expect. And so they start thinking about this topic and with those uh, questions in mind. And that just helps, uh, yeah, helps them uh, play a part in the learning process. And uh, Chris, I I want you to jump in here, but I couldn't help but smile as Tree said, what is love? um, Because of what we talked about prior to recording. So, uh, just so you, our listeners are aware, there is a footnote on that question, what is love? And the footnote says, for a more detailed answer to this question, what is love? See Spotify track one on Hathaway, the album, 1993. Uh, so, so yes, that... students can go and, uh, and get a taste of our childhood. Uh, yes. <laughs> And for those who do not know what we're talking about, um, the SNL skit that became a movie, uh, Night at the Roxbury, it had Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell um, dancing to the song, What is Love? Um, so maybe I can even put a sample of that in this podcast. I, I don't know. We, we might work, work mm. that in somehow, or maybe the outro. We'll see. Uh, Chris, <laughs> jump in here and you can save us now. I think you're going to have some copyright licensing issues on that for the most part. I, I would Probably guess. Sure. Um, this is, I mean, this is kind of like a side note for y'all, for both of you. Who in your life has led the best Bible study that you've been a part of? And why, like, what made that worth it, good, beneficial, um, valuable, and impactful? So that today, years, months, whatever later, you're looking back and saying, wow, this person really was effective in, in teaching the Bible, leading a Bible study that I was a part of. Who would you say? Uh, I mean, I always have appreciated. So my, my youth pastor, Chris Decker, when I was in high school, uh, just really appreciated the way that he taught, really appreciated his love for the word, his passion. Uh, I had a small group leader named Bri- uh, Brian Cross, uh, who was pretty influential uh, in my life. Um, there's there's three of us in that Bible study, and all three of us are still really good friends. I haven't spoken to Brian in probably decades, but um, the friendships that I built in that study were were because we were in it together, listening to the Word, growing together. Um, so I would say th- those two names: Chris Decker, Brian Cross. Mm. Yeah, I'd say this is elder in one of the churches that I was in. Actually, that the um, the candle church, um, <laughs> Tony Fagioni. He was awesome. Like I sh- we showed up, he opened his home to us. He was just so transparent. We could ask him, and he were college age. You know, and, um, he took us through a Walter Chantry book, I think, and um, and he just we re- really believed and could sense that he really loved us, the guys in the group that he really cared about us and he was already advanced in life, had kids married, all this stuff, but he just had a very busy life in pharmaceuticals and, you know, but he had this way about just keeping like one big idea. He wanted you to leave with one big idea at the end of the Bible study and to take, take home with you, I guess. And he always made time that if you were in crisis, you could always call him. And, and he made that very clear. And he, and he, he actually, I mean, he, he showed up, he did it. He really did that. And he would, he would show up in your life. And, uh, 
I mean, he always made a really big impact on me, just his faithfulness to the word. Even though we were reading somebody else's writing, like Walter Chantry, he was always faithful, even if the scripture wasn't in that chapter that we were reading, that he would integrate the word into what we were reading and to bring it, you know, bring it home and bring it to the power source of God's word. I, I just, it's always made him, I still, to some degree, I still teach the same way that Tony led hmm. and that made a big impact on me. I wonder yeah. if a lot of our listeners, you know, are, are sitting there wondering the same thing. Like, well, who was somebody that really had an impact on, on me? And uh, I would, I would shoot this out there. If you're listening to this and you really have somebody in your mind, reach out to them and say thank you and encourage them and love on them. You know, this uh, one of Ben Rector's new songs, he talks about how he had a Bible teacher or whatever, and he's and he's wondering if that Bible teacher is even walking with the Lord anymore. Yeah. And that really hit me hard when I heard that lyric. And mm-hmm. it made me really think, I, I wonder about some of these people in the past, you know, like, so so reach out to them. That's that's a really good word, Chris. And I mean, yeah, that that's a good song, by the way, too. Um, yeah, it is. It's uh, Heroes or Mild Heroes. What is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's um, yeah, I just love Ben Rector's lyrics. Very thoughtful. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be awesome for people to reach out with the text or encourage someone who discipled them, discipled them a long time ago, uh, because so often we know, uh, as we're teaching, we're like, is anyone listening to anything I'm saying? And, you know, as we're, we're talking about all this too, it's like, I'm thinking of specific individuals and sometimes I cannot even remember anything specific they've told me, but it's the fact that I do know they loved the word and they kept it before me. And it's the fact that they were just in my life. And, you know, that goes a long way that this person would share their life with me, give time to, to me to help me understand the gospel. So yeah, a lot of names, a lot of faces are kind of popping up. So that, that's, a, that's a good Can question. I that, John? Please do. So you mentioned not being able to remember much of anything that they taught you, but you remember their relationship and their character. Uh, just mm-hmm. even thinking back to uh, my time in youth ministry, there, there's in the four years that I was under his teaching, there's only one thing that I actually remember that my youth pastor taught me, but I do remember watching the way that he loved his family. I do remember watching the way that he loved me and my friends and the people in the church. So yeah, I mean, again, the, the teaching is important, but everything else that he did, was so much more impactful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Uh, yeah, and 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 I want to be clear as we're we're talking about all this that none of us are downplaying the significance of God's word and teaching it and opening it up. But it is the example that that accompanies it. Because I mean, we could use the negative example if someone's the best, most passionate preacher, teacher, whatever, but then their example was undermining that that would be significant as well. And so to have someone who um, loves us and, and keeps the word before us uh, in a faithful way is, yeah, the Lord uses that uh, significantly. Um, yeah, that's what Paul said in Titus 2 is, yeah. hey, you, Titus, be the man, be the model, um, the sophren- or, uh, the topos, I think it's like, be the model, the example, the imprint of the gospel, the imprint of Christ. 
you know, and that word tapas is the same word that's used for um, when Jesus sees Thomas and he says, put your hand in my tapas. Um, like to, to be that leader that's not concerned about holiness so that they can earn God's favor, but rather they're concerned about holiness because they realize they already have it and they don't have to work to earn God's love, but they realize that it is worth it to diligently faithfully with, with joy and suffering, excuse me, and struggle to endure and endeavor to pursue the fruit of the spirit, like what you're talking about tree. And so that to be an example, you know, something I'm learning and you guys probably noticed this too is, you know, the younger a kid is, the more they're watching. They're not listening as much. They're watching. You know, they're looking. And as they get older, then they begin to listen. And uh, so the way that we live, you know, Tree, like I, I'm really, I love your um, your heart for this topic of the fruit of the Spirit. And I think it's uh, really important for youth pastors, youth leaders, small group leaders to also realize it's not just like the winsomeness of how you say things. And how, you know, close to being like John Piper, you are in the pulpit or in the Bible study, but man, like your relationship with Christ really matters. I, I don't want to say, I mean, it's, it's just as significant as the things that you're saying and trying to convey to the kids. Yeah, that's, that's a good word, Chris. Um, we only have about five more minutes left. And so I'm just wondering any advice, uh, pro tips, counsel you guys would want to give about Bible study? I know as the three of us are here, none of us would say that we're experts or we've arrived at this, um, but we've done it a while and we've led no telling how many lessons, large group or small group. Um, so anything that comes to mind when you think of this is something I've learned um, could be through mistakes. Tree, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, I think we, we have to not be afraid of trying something new. Mm-hmm. Good. I've, I've had to kind of change the way I've done things. And, and part of that, you know, so we record just about all of our teaching and put it up online for parents to listen to if they want. And just going back through that, just to cut out like long spaces and comments that I don't want posted online from <laughs> students. Uh, I've kind of been able to listen to myself teach a lot and it's really helped me like, cause I, I can listen to that and be like, I don't think that was super helpful. Like that, that, that application may not have landed very well. So like being able to go back and, and rethink and, and if you don't record, that's totally fine. But even just like taking some time to look back and say, what went well in that and how can we replicate that? <clears throat> because I, I, I you know, the more I do this, the the less I have to go back and kind of re- rethink things because it's just kind of second nature in some ways. But uh, early on, that was super helpful for me because I, I'll be honest, when I was in college leading a small group and even my first year interning, I was a terrible Bible study teacher and not a very good small group leader. I had no clue what I was doing. And I think I really could have benefited from just sitting down with somebody and saying, Hey, what, what, how can I do this better? Uh, what helpful tips can you share with me? Um, Cause I, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants and I, I, I'm not as skilled in the scriptures as you, and I could really use some insight here. So I, I think being, being willing to recognize your shortcomings and seeking help with that, but also being being willing to try something different so we've really had to change the way that we 
so COVID really shifted things for us and we really restructured our Sunday nights and they look completely different than they did before. And it took me a couple months to kind of get used to that because I grieved the loss of what we had before. But at the same time, it was like, man, this is awesome. I really like what we're doing now. So being willing to kind of toy with things and, and uh, I mean, don't toy with the scriptures, but toy with the way that you do it, right? So being willing yeah. to to adapt, I guess, is a, a good. Yeah, true. That's that's really good, especially it's like, you know, we think of the teenagers of today are so significantly different than those just 10 years prior. And the culture is shifting all the time. And yes, we do not want to modify the, the scriptures in any way, but, but some of our practices um, are needed uh, to be critiqued and, and thought be, you know, thought back through and all that. So that's, that's really good. Uh, Chris, what, what do you have? A couple things run the group or the group will run you mm-hmm. run the group or the group will run you. You get in a room. If you're a small group leader or a teacher, maybe even in the large group, um, it doesn't matter what context you're in. I mean, I don't care if you got the fanciest like private school, well-trained yes ma'am no ma'am if you don't run that group and have an agenda and you keep it moving you have a you have your questions ready you know you've prayed over and you've been affected by the section or by the chapter or whatever um then that group will run you they they will do what they want to do unless you have an agenda to jump to and to run through and that is, it doesn't mean, you know, for all of my engineer small group leaders out there, you have to hit every single bullet point of the Bible study. But what it does mean is if you don't have a plan, then they will wreck any idea of what you thought could happen. And it, it, it'll just it'll go down the drain a lot of times. So run the group or the group will run you. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I know you said you had a couple of points, but I want to jump in there. So what is oh. do you have a, a, a strategy of regaining control of the room? <laughs> Yeah, the, it's the same thing I use for my dog. Hey, it's, it's like my charismatic thing. Like, bring it back in. And, um, you know, there is, uh, who is it? Uh, David, uh, I can't remember. He's an awesome youth pastor out in um, in Georgia, I think. But he used to say, hey, don't let the devil run away with this. Hmm. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. He was really, really, really great at this. That's good. Uh, and um and he he would bring them back in you know I've I've had kids throw stuff at me and hit me literally hit me in the face and knock my glasses off and I stop and my wife would be in the back being like oh gosh Chris is about to lose his hoo hoo um you know and <clears throat> just things happen mm. enter it back in and say look this is serious this is important I want you to have fun while you're here but don't, but let's focus let's not try to lift ourselves above God's word yeah well, we're not. One thing God's word. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Um, make my students clap. I, I say if you can hear me, clap twice, and then I say if you can hear me, point to someone who's talking. And, they <laughs> should, and, I, and I always tell them you should be pointing at me because I'm talking. Funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use totally that's, stealing, that, man. That's good. I like <laughs> that. And some of my kids that they, they they know that I do that, so they'll like laugh about it when I, while I do it because I think it's pretty funny too. But but it does yeah. get everybody's attention. That's funny. Um, you know, another thing is when you're teaching the Bible or even reading books is, you know, scripture and Bible study is more like Lambeth bread than it is about sunbeam bread. Uh, being that Lambeth bread, you know, in Lord of the Rings, you just take a small bite and it fills you for the whole day. 
versus a, a slice of sunbeam. I mean, if you're in the South, like you dip that stuff in barbecue sauce when you're in dreamland or whatever, and you can eat tons and tons of slices of bread and not really feel filled, right? Um, treat God's word like it's Lambeth bread. Uh, discipline yourself to take just smaller bites, smaller, smaller bites. Mm-hmm. You know, if I learned anything from my time, like just uh, early in my faith, I was studying a lot of John MacArthur stuff, listening to all his sermons. Homeboy knows how to eat Lambeth bread, right? Like he dissects every single thing and he finds the big idea in it and he preaches the word and it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful thing. So treat it in, with small bites. Like even the books that we go through right now, I'm like, do not go through the entire chapter. Go through the first paragraph and and really dig deep. And you really can. Like God's word is just so rich and wonderful and just just full of wonderful gems and, and just beautiful nuggets of truth to slow, teach a kid to slow down. Like I've been in the Psalms for the past two years now in my quiet time. I'm only in Psalm 27. And like slowly, slowly, and I've just... I've grown to really love that slowness and Lord willing, I've got a lot of time left in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you got tons of time with your youth. You don't have to get through every book super, super fast. Just go slow. Don't you want, you know, don't you want your kids to grasp these things that you're seeing? If you're seeing things and themes and have an epiphany, like spiritual epiphany moments pretty fast in each chapter, I would divide that out and say it's going to take about 10 times more time for that kid to get it. And I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time for them to understand the a well-rounded perspective of that theme. So instead of doing it all one chapter per week, maybe just three paragraphs. And if you're following like what's happening in the academic world of young people today, they're having to read infinitely more, study infinitely more, practice infinitely more. And if we're just loading up infinitely more, it's really not helping them and they're becoming desensitized and numb to it. But if you say, we're just reading a chapter tonight or three chapters or three chapters or th- sorry, one paragraph tonight. Um, I think that's a lot more attractive and it's easier to kind of run it and figure out exactly, you know, where you're going to go and, and dig a little bit deeper. And I found a lot of success in that. So run the group or the group will run you. And treat it like Lambeth bread. Not am I even saying that right? Not Sunday. I think so. Yeah. Well, and and kind of to that last point, something else too is you know very simple is asking questions in your small group. I mean that that is uh, tree as you were saying when I first started out uh, teaching was uh, not only was I not good at it, I hated it, and I just wanted to kind of do the relational stuff. Um, but I learned very quickly how important questions are. And we've even had a podcast episode with Tasha Chapman on here talking about asking good questions. And that stuff was gold, by the way. Yeah. It I don't know the way I've written small group questions. Yeah. I don't know which number that was, but I'll try to put the link and the show notes to this podcast. Um, but you know, our students, and this is kind of getting to what you were saying, Chris, they, they're being lectured to all day long by their teachers, their coaches, their parents, they don't need to just show up on a Wednesday night or Sunday night, whenever it is that we interact with our students and get lectured again. Um, we need to be asking questions and engaging them in discussion and allowing them to speak up. And that that just increases the retention rate of what they're learning. Um, and it's just vitally important. So uh, we need to ask a lot of questions. Kind of along that is I put silence. Um, we need to also 
pause and wait for them to answer and not just get uncomfortable by the silence and then they just fill it real quick. Like acknowledge the silence and say, I know this is awkward. Hey, let's just sit here. He's got something. Um, the other thing I'll just throw out there too is oftentimes I would help create the outline for my small group, uh, leaders, uh, one to, to help them because they're busy. But then I would also send that to our parents as well. Um, because I wanted to, to teach parents that, you know, we're partnering with them and this isn't just us kind of taking their kids and discipling them, but here's a, a resource we're giving you parents to follow up on this discussion, what we talked about and to ask some, some questions related to that. Um, so those are just some quick things I wanted to throw out. I know we need to draw this to a close, uh, tree, um, wait, Chris, Chris has his hand up. Um, I do want to remind everyone, Chris's, I'm sorry, Tree's new study, Fruit of the Spirit. It's available on our website. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So check that out. Chris, uh, what you got? This, this is something too, Tree, you said this just, just a, you know, uh, five minutes ago. Uh, if you're listening to this, look up those Bible studies Tree has done. You know what I mean? Like if you have the opportunity to, to listen and view what another youth pastor has done, that is worth its weight in gold. I don't know how many times I've come to a section of scripture or come to something, or I've been discipling somebody that's in youth ministry. And they're like, yeah, but how do you teach the Bible? If you have an example, cause like we can listen to sermons, but I'm not Al Mohler. You know, I'm not John Piper. I'm, I'm not Brian Chapel. Like, I'm not these people, but if you if you talk to some someone who's like boots on the ground studying the Bible, teaching the Bible regularly, like Tree's been doing it for how many years? Like 45 years. Like it's one of those things <laughs> that was a joke, but it's one of those things. Like if you have the opportunity to listen to a seasoned, really good minister and to be able to take notes on that and follow their structure and really study how they do it. Oh my goodness. I th- I think your ministry will change. I think it'll grow and be hyper effective. So tree, man, thank you so much for posting stuff like that. And um, find find people that are recording. Ask you know youth pastors in your neighborhood in your community. Hey, do you ever record your talks? Could I listen to them and just learn? You know, and I mean, how many times you get the opportunity to hear somebody teach, and then you sit down with them and talk to them about how they did that? I think you can learn a lot by being able to do that too. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, and just as we uh, draw this to a close, Tree, any any last um, thoughts you want to share about this study or, or anything related? Yeah, just something Chris mentioned a few minutes ago as well, just the, the idea of taking smaller chunks. Like, even with a study like the Fruit of the Spirit one, like, there's a couple verses under each question. You don't, you don't have to go over it all. Like, this is just to kind of stir the conversation. Uh, every group has different time constraints. Every group has... Uh, different things going on so don't don't feel like you have to use every single thing don't feel like you have to use every single one of the leader notes and uh, just kind of take what's there and use what's helpful and run with it yeah that's a good word to end on tree thanks again for creating the study and uh, i know many will be blessed by it chris thanks so much for being a part of this conversation what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt me 